Another edition of the Swarmcast post-game instant reaction. David Eichel here of HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Joining me along is uh, Sean Bach, uh, 24-7 Sports, Hawkeye Insider. Sean, not not too much surprised by the result today. I think if Northwestern came out and scored double digits against a very stout Iowa defense, that would have been shocking. But, I mean, it, at least from my vantage point, the game kind of seemed over at 10-0. to zero. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. It never really seemed like there was one play in particular where you were kind of like, well, that was a game changer. That kind of shifted the shifted the tide a bit. I think really it was all Iowa from the jump. And I think those possessions in the first quarter defensively where they had the interception, I believe, deep in Northwestern's territory, even though they didn't score. And then they had a fumble too. Um, those were pretty pretty indicative of what the game was going to be, and that's what it was. And Iowa handled Northwestern twenty nothing, and really wasn't wasn't too much we could take away from it either. I think it was one of those games that you look at it and you kind of expected that to happen, or at least if it didn't happen, it'd be a disappointment for Iowa. So really, just a game, another game on the schedule that you were kind of like, well, chalk that one up as a win. Um, and let's move on to the next one. I think that was kind of the team's mentality coming into this one too. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of one of those things, Sean, where it just felt like they just needed to win. And that's kind of the way it is the rest of the, you know, kind of the rest of the way of the season. Um, you know, just kind of looking back at some results today as well. I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, I, I thought Wisconsin would put up a little bit more of a fight, but Ohio State, I think, completely solidified that they're the best team in the country. I mean, resounding win over Wisconsin today, uh, which also places Wisconsin-Iowa tied for second in the Big Ten West. Minnesota 8-0 still, but they have to play Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa in November. But uh, Iowa is still right in the thick of things, uh, you know, in the Big Ten, the Big Ten West. But kind of, you know, a few takeaways for me for the game. Uh, Tyrone Tracy, only two catches, but both came on dynamic plays. A little bit of a surprise, and they said he would take over for Brand Smith because, you know, uh, Tyrone Tracy just does not have the size that Smith has, the six foot two, 220 pounds. Uh, but Tracy definitely showed his worth today. Had a huge wow moment and a huge, uh, I think, burst of energy uh, for an Iowa offense that has just lacked explosive plays over the past few weeks. Yeah, they've had a lot of 20, 30 yard passes, but that play he had today was special. The breaking basically four or five Northwestern uh, Wildcats surrounding him when he made that catch on that third and 10, spinning out of it, you know, reversing across the field and scoring that 50-yard touchdown. I mean, not not really a surprise considering the elusiveness he has, but that was just, I think, a little taste of what Iowa fans are going to see for the next, you know, uh, two or three more years after this one uh, from Tracy. He was big. Uh, Sam Laporta, the true freshman tight end out of Illinois, has first career catch go for 41 yards. And that's kind of what we kind of expected him when he first got to Iowa, very under the radar guy. But I think he really showed what he could do in the past game. And Iowa just getting tight ends involved in general is huge. Obviously fifth year senior Nate Weeding was out with an injury, kind of a late addition to that uh, injury report that Iowa radio reported. And Sean, it kind of feels like every single week, there's going to be one or two more guys to add to that injury list. Uh, you know, just hours before game time. But in the Iowa defense, uh, you know, just kind of going around the circle really quick, the Iowa defense played tremendous. Davion Nixon was tremendous, two sacks. Joe Evans, redshirt freshman walk-on, 
really showing his worth and maybe providing some depth at defensive end, undersized guy, 240 pounds, but he is quick. And he, he did a great job of flushing the quarterback out of the pocket a few times. AJ Epinesa doing his thing. Cedric Lattimore continues to have a good season, but uh, you know, another day, you know, another day for uh, Iowa's def- defense, that's their fourth big 10 shutout in the last calendar year. And that, you know, it, you know, it was against Rutgers, I think Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois, uh, Illinois and Northwestern, not Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern. So, you know, not the greatest teams in the Big Ten, but still a huge accomplishment, I think, for this Iowa defense. Right, and I think that's kind of the mindset that this team has. I know someone asked Chauncey Golston after the game what his thoughts were on the defense. Do you kind of go for a shout-out? And his obvious answer was, of course we do. And we're we're thinking shout-out shout out as, soon, as soon as we come off the bus. And that's the mentality you have to have because – Based on how Iowa's offense has been in recent games, the defense has really had to pick it up. And I believe they had the pieces, too, where you look at it at defensive line, arguably at the top in the Big Ten, really emerging now with guys like Davion Nixon, Zach Van Belkenberg, even who had a big game today. Brady Reef played really well. Chauncey Golston, now Joe Evans. That, that unit's just loaded. And linebacker, too. Dylan Doyle's getting it. He's getting better, but there's still some – Holes with him, and I think Iowa really wants to get Christian Welch back. No really timetable on that decision, but safeties, defensive backs have looked really good. Um, obviously, Matt Hankins struggled a few weeks back, but overall they've been really progressing well, and we saw Dane Belton today really emerge as a guy that you're kind of like, okay, this kid this kid is going to be something really good for Iowa. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of positives you can take away on the defensive end, really nothing – Nothing too wrong with them. I do think there were a couple of plays maybe in the secondary that you're kind of like, oh, they could have fixed that up or even some runs with the linebackers. But that's just still Jack Campbell and Dylan Doyle getting acquainted at things, and they'll be able to pick up on that. And um, I'll be interested to see what happens with Christian Welch. No one really knows the status of him. He didn't go today. Um, Kirk Ferentz didn't sound very optimistic at the beginning of the week that he was going to play. So it'll be interesting to see how that bye week comes and, if you can get healthy for Wisconsin, because they're really going to need them. Yeah, I think you summed that up pretty well. It'll be interesting to see what guys come back for Wisconsin. Obviously, Brand Smith, very outside chance he comes back for Wisconsin. I, I would venture he's not going to. So that's going to be a huge loss. So the offense at least gets some more time to kind of figure out, uh, you know, ways to kind of work around that. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, Iowa's bend don't break defense mentality. You know, a lot of people talk about that, Sean, but. This Iowa defense isn't really bending if you look at the numbers. I mean, they allowed one pass go for 20 yards, but that's the only really quote-unquote explosive play they gave up today. I thought the defense was tremendous. Good point about Dane Bell, and he's going to be a guy that Iowa fans love. I mean, he's going to be, you know, I think next year he's going to take a giant step forward. Two years from now, I think you're looking at a potential all-Big Ten guy, first or second team. I, I think his ceiling is that high. So that'll be interesting to look at too. Something else I kind of wanted to touch on, Sean, before we get into some questions is the Iowa running game. I thought showed some flashes, but they still have a long way to go. That Northwestern front's not. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Not bad by any means, but three yards per carry, 123 yards total on 40 attempts. Uh, Tyler Goodson, I'm really starting to wonder. I know I know they want to save him for the second half probably, which is my guess of what they're doing. But one touch for one of your biggest playmakers in that first half I think is unacceptable. He came out of halftime, obviously, at, uh, I think you tweeted, Sean, 49 yards of the 59 yards on mm-hmm. Iowa's second touchdown drive. He did leave the game with a minor ankle injury. Uh, he did come back in the game, and I did check around with a couple sources following the game. They said he's going to be fine, nothing nothing to worry about there. So that's good news for Iowa. But, you know, he's almost like the Energizer Bunny now. He, he provides Iowa a jolt of energy, uh, you know, when they need it. So I, I think Goodson continues to emerge. Nate Stanley only finished 12 of 26, Sean, but I don't know about you. I thought he actually played a pretty good game. He did right. take a very ill-advised sack in the first quarter that cost Iowa at least three points. Keith Duncan missed the field goal, but they would have been in much better position if – he hadn't taken that sack, and that's something a third-year quarterback can't do. Went 12 to 26, but I think there were some major, major drop issues today. Yeah, I, I did too. I know Nico Regani had a couple of drops here and there, and we've talked about him all year being Mr. Reliable, and you're going to have some of those games. Um, really, it's not – I wouldn't look too much into it if I'm an Iowa fan. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Nico didn't have a great game, so that means Oliver Martin's going to play. I mean – Maybe we'll see some of that. Maybe we won't. I think Nico's going to be fine. He's going to be, he's going to bounce back from this. Um, and I, there were a couple. He had like what three in the first half or something like that. I know he had a couple. Yeah, he. Early I, I would on. give him credit at least two. I can't remember if there was a third one, but I know he had a quote unquote drop, but he was diving for it. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to give him, uh, kind of put that on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with the conditions too, you got to look at it that way. Because with the rain, with how slippery the ball was, how slippery the field is, I'm not sure. I think Ryan Field is grass. It looked to me like it was grass. So you're not used to those type of conditions. And honestly, if I'm Iowa, I'm Brian Ferentz. I'm just happy my team didn't turn over the ball. Um, Didn't turn over the ball. Didn't let Northwestern get back into it with silly mistakes. And if you're Nate Stanley, I think you're happy with that too. You just didn't turn the ball over and you – you were smart for the most part outside of that sack. Yeah, and I, I guess that I think he threw some really good passes that just went off the hands of some players. Uh, I think Amir Smith-Marset might have had the most impressive six-yard catch I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, that was quite a play. But, you know, I think Iowa's going to need to continue to search for playmakers because I think Brand Smith is a huge, huge loss for the offense. I know that sounds obvious, but even in the run game, those outside runs – Sean, I mean, Brandon Smith is so strong. I mean, he's a really good – he's a really good blocker as well as receiver. I mean, that was something that helped him get on the field early was him – was his ability to block. So I think Iowa's going to need that. And, you know, I will touch on the Oliver Martin thing really quick. I'm interested to see what they do for the rest of the season regarding him. It's kind of – I don't really want to speculate anymore into it. We've asked our questions to the coaching staff. Uh, they've given us, you know, answers as much of an answer as they're going to give us. Um, and I, I don't know what it is at this point, but I do think he can possibly contribute to the team. And honestly, 
I don't think they're going to have a choice but to give him some run against Wisconsin if if Brand Smith can't go just to kind of switch things up against. I mean, what probably Sean will be a very pissed off uh, Wisconsin team coming off back to back losses, and they get a bye week as well to kind of sit on that. Yeah, definitely. Wisconsin's going to come into this one ready. They're going to come in and attack. They're going to be oh, they're going to be going. I mean. When you get trolled back-to-back weeks against Ohio State and Illinois when they're playing jump around after after you lose to them, you're going to come back with a, with a fire. And I think this Wisconsin team with Paul Chris and the staff is going to have them ready to go. And really, I, I mean, Dave, you've mentioned it before, Iowa had, or Jonathan Taylor hasn't had the most success against Iowa, but he's still a piece where you got to, you gotta pay close attention to him because oh, yeah. he can, easily. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna put he's gonna put yards on the board, and with that offensive line too, I'm really excited for that matchup. I think the Iowa or the Iowa defensive line, the Wisconsin offensive line, is going to be probably one of the best unit matchups that we've had this year in the Big Ten that I can think of at the top of my head, other than maybe like Wisconsin and offensive line and Ohio State's defensive line with Chase Young. So. And Chase Young be, with four sacks today. I mean, I, I mean, outrageous. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to try and do something similar to keep AJ Epinesa off, off the out of the backfield too. I mean, it obviously didn't work this week with Chase Young, but I think that's going to give them time to really kind of refine that. Well, who does Wisconsin have next week? Nobody. They're on a bye as well. They're on a bye as well. So yeah, they're going to have as much time as Iowa does to prepare and get things set and really figure things out. So I think they're going to find a way to really kind of calm AJ. I mean, obviously AJ hasn't been the most, hasn't had the most success statistically this year, but I think that just kind of goes to show how well the other guys are really starting to pick things up and how the Wisconsin offensive line is going to have to focus in on those guys more because we've seen, like I said, Nixon, Chauncey, Lattimore, Joe Evans now, Brady Reef. those guys have been really performing well. Um, and are going to be pieces that you're going to have to look out for because if you just focus in on AJ, then those guys are going to beat you too. Yeah, and you know I think AJ's done a great job. Like you mentioned, statistically AJ isn't blowing anybody away, but he's constantly in the backfield, constantly getting attention. He's making that defense a lot better. Um, so I think you know I think people are giving him his credit. At least I know opposing coaching staffs are. I mean, just watch the tape. Watch how many times he gets doubled, uh, even triple teamed at times. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, like we kind of mentioned already, Sean, but I, I was just taking care of business. That's really all they had to do. And in my post game column, I wrote, you know, Iowa just needs to go all in, uh, next, uh, two weeks from now against Wisconsin. Then they come back and they host Minnesota. I mean, with the way to be fair, Illinois is looking pretty sharp. Another nice win today over, over a Purdue team that gave Iowa a little bit of fits last week, 24, six, Illinois won. And then, you know, Nebraska. But I think these next two games, Sean, are what could give Iowa prime position to win the Big Ten West. So I think they need to buckle down and just kind of get into that. Uh, But with that being said, Sean, we do have a few uh, Twitter Twitter questions from some people that, uh, you know, people kind of wanted our thoughts on. I guess the first one uh, that I can remember as I pull this up is how much of Sam Laporta will we see going forward? And do you think his performance today, uh, you know, even if Weeding comes back, do you think Laporta sees the field a little bit more? I could see a scenario where that happens. I mean, we don't know the severity of 
name Weeding's injury, so I don't really want to speculate on how much he'll play or in future weeks or anything. So I could see that. I mean, I think you look at what Sam did today, the way he got open. Obviously, that first play, he got the he got the edge on the on the defender, but the defender just found a way to tip it and get it out of his hands. So I think they're gonna find. I think when you look at his overall body of work, he had pretty good plays today. Very very proven blocker too, as we've seen. Great size for that, and yeah, I think I think we'll see more of. I think we'll see more buyer. I think I think Kirk and Brian Ferentz kind of miss having that tight end in their in their system. I mean, granted, Sean Buyer and Nate Weeding have been good from time to time, but when, I don't think we've had a completion that long to a tight end this year. Yeah, I don't think so. The only one I can think of is uh, Sean Buyer's third down conversion, which was on like a third and thirteen or something. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's a good point. This is an interesting stat that somebody brought to me, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. I'll need to look back at who Wisconsin's played, but he writes 18.2 and 9.4. Iowa's only giving up 9.4 points per game in conference play. Wisconsin's giving up 18.2 points per game in conference play, which is, is, that, that, is that, that's kind of a bizarre stat. Is that including um, Wisconsin? I believe that's including today. I mean, you look at Iowa, they played, they've played Rutgers, they've played Northwestern. I mean, interesting stat from Dylan Byrne earlier today, Sean. He said that Iowa's played three of the bottom four offenses in the country. I was shocked a little bit to see uh, to see Miami, Ohio down that low. Because I yeah. thought with that quarterback and a couple weapons, I thought they'd not, not be, you know, not be great, but I thought they'd be average. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I didn't think, yeah, that, that kind of surprises me. Because what, Northwestern Rutgers are at the bottom too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And let's look at, so here's who Wisconsin's had in conference play. Michigan gave up 14 points. Northwestern gave up 15. Michigan State shut them out. Surprise, not surprising considering how bad the Spartans are offensively. Illinois gave up 24. Ohio State gave up 38. So – it's kind of a mixed bag there with yeah with the offenses because I mean Michigan's not anything like special. Wait, have, did you say Northwestern put up more points in Michigan? Northwestern put up one more, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, but that, that was, was that. That's what's that. Yeah, was that so? Both of those games were at home too. Yeah. Which I'm not sure. Maybe Northwestern's touchdowns were in were in garbage time, and I also think. They've been they've been hurt. They've been having some injuries too. So yeah, you can't no, for take, sure. You can't take. I, I'm into just account. a little surprised by that. Yeah. So I, I think I think yeah. You can you look at that stat and you're kind of like whoa, but then you realize Iowa hasn't played the best of offenses this year. Penn State's good. They're explosive. That's that's something you can tip your hat or really be excited about. Um, Michigan's not anything special either. They have some playmakers, but that's a game where you kind of look back and you're like, Iowa probably should have won that one. And outside of a couple of mistakes, or you especially on that. Interesting, outside. Deshaun, is I've seen a lot of people on Twitter watch this game, watch Michigan the last couple of weeks. A lot more, a lot of fans are more upset about the Michigan loss than the Penn State loss. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, no, I mean, what you said, the Penn State loss? There, a lot more Iowa fans are more upset about the Michigan loss than the Penn State loss. Oh, yeah. No, I would too. Penn State's a much better team than Michigan is. I mean, granted, Michigan is, as we're recording this, Michigan's dominating Notre Dame right now, but... Still, I think I think Penn State's the much the much better team. That's just me, though. Based yeah. on what I saw against Iowa, that's just me. Yep. Uh, another question we had: uh, Nico Regani had a case of the drop seized today. Uh, is he going to be able to overcome it? I think the simple answer is yes. Uh, Nico Regani's been a pretty proven playmaker for Iowa this season. I think he's got thirty-one receptions now on the year. Has had a couple. He only had a couple drops today, but he hasn't scored a touchdown in his career. But he's been a pretty reliable target for Nate Stanley, and I think it's just one of those bumps in the road that a redshirt freshman goes through. I'm with you there. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's it's one game, and like I said before, the conditions weren't favorable for anyone in the passing game, and you kind of got to take that stat line with a grain of salt. There's really not much to look into. I mean, it's frustrating, I know, but. Look at Tyrone Tracy. He's been a guy that hasn't really done well, or he's had more passes, or he's had dropped passes. But I mean, look at what he did today. Like that's gonna that's mm-hmm. gonna happen. That's gonna happen in front of your young guys. I wouldn't I wouldn't look too much into it. Nico Nico's gonna be fine. Um, I mean, I know the Oliver Martin crowd's gonna be like, well, maybe we should put in Oliver now. I mean, maybe 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 the coaching staff does that. Maybe they put in guys that. Or maybe they put in Oliver to really get some of those snaps from Nico. Who knows? Um, we'll see. And uh, kind of to wrap this up, I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I kind of want to get more of your thoughts uh, on it, Sean. But people want to know, kind of touch on our thoughts about Minnesota and Wisconsin. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start it. Wisconsin, like I said, Jonathan Taylor, the defense has been great for them. I mean, not against Ohio State and, Obviously, they had some missed opportunities against Illinois. That kind of is coming back to haunt them a little bit. Um, but this is a game where they're, they don't like Iowa. <laughs> As we've seen in the past, they don't like Iowa at all. Very similar programs in the way they run things, the way they recruit. So it's going to be a war. I don't think it's going to be a game like it was two years ago where Josh Jackson was the only offense for Iowa. I think, <laughs> I think there's going to be a little more offense in this game. But I think it's going to be one where people are – I think this one's going to define the season. I mean, you don't want to look forward to Minnesota, but this is a game where you're kind of like, we can take sole possession of the Big Ten West if we win this game, and all we have to really worry about is winning out from here on on because then we more we control our own destiny then in terms of, yes, Minnesota has to lose a couple games, but still, I think, I think there's a way that if they win this game, then they're setting themselves up really well for a Big Ten West championship. And with Minnesota, I'll be honest, I haven't seen them as much this year. But I think when you look at the schedule, you're kind of like you're a little pessimistic at first. And you kind of think, well, this team might have some pieces, but the schedule has really helped them out a lot. 
I think if you look at Iowa and Wisconsin, if they had that schedule that Minnesota has, they'd be in the same position. I mean, don't get me wrong. Minnesota's talented. They got good pieces at wide receiver, quarterback. Tanner Morgan's done well for them. Um, I haven't seen too much from the defense, but I'm sure that they've really done a good job as well. Um, but that's just going to be a game where possibly under the lights, everything, um, going to be a lot of hype going into it. When, when was the last time you think a Big Ten West – I mean, all right, but I was to get past Wisconsin, but when was the last time a Big Ten West game was de- – or the Big Ten West was determined – or just like a big game in general between Iowa and Minnesota. I I can't I can't think of it. I I really can't. I mean, probably the undefeated season in in 2015, because they still had to win it to keep going. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it, there really hasn't been any major West implications when Iowa plays Minnesota. Right, but also what? When did the Big Ten West get? When did the Big Ten Big Ten East start? I think it was only one year after Leaders and Legends, so 2013, 2013, I'll say. Yeah, so it's still it's still relatively new. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, I mean, I basically agree with you. First, I mean, Wisconsin, I think, is a tremendous team. I think the defense has exceeded my expectations for sure. I expected them to you know, go 8-4, and 9-3. Good team, not great. I still think they have the potential to be a great team. I think quarterback play has held them back. Um, and, you know, the defense, is, the defense has folded at times, but it's pretty reliable, just like a, a typical Wisconsin team. And look, about Minnesota, this, this might come back to haunt me if this gets in the wrong hands, but, I mean, I'll say it. I don't believe in them. And I, I hate being that guy because, granted, credit to them, they, they've won their games. They're, they, they're playing the teams on the schedule. They're winning the games, right? That's what matters in, in college football. But let's kind of go through this really quick, Sean. FCS South Coast State, 6-1. and one. And this is as of last week. I haven't put new records on from this week's games. Fresno State, 3-3. Three and three. Georgia Southern, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, And they just escaped all three of those games. 2-5 and five, Purdue. 3-4 and four, Illinois. Again, records as of last week. 4-3 and three, Nebraska. 1-6 and six, Rutgers. And three and I think what three and four Maryland. I mean, they're winning the games that are on their schedule, but they haven't played anybody. They have to play Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa in in November, and I think that's the gonna be the tail of their season. I mean, this team could very well finish nine three. Good season under PJ Fleck and what they're trying to build up there. You know, I, I think that's a really good season. If you tell Minnesota fans are going nine three the beginning of the season, they sign up for it. And Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, and those cats, the wide receiver group is tremendous. I think it's – I mean, Sean, with the way Michigan's struggling, Ohio State's up there, but top two wide receiver group in the, the Big Ten. I mean, they, okay. they, got some, they got some dogs up there. Minnesota? Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, they got, they got some dogs up there. So, you know, if they come out and beat Penn State, I'll eat my words. And they, they very well could, but Penn State's looking like a very legitimate playoff contender. So, I mean, I think at this point you need to be more worried about Wisconsin because if you don't beat Wisconsin, everything's off the table. I mean, that that's and not this not that the season's a waste or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but if one of your goals was to win a Big Ten West and a Big Ten title, which is something that this team's been very outspoken about, then it is off the table. So, kind of my early thoughts about them. Uh, 
you know, I think Iowa took care of business today, locking in for the next couple weeks, go against Wisconsin, give them your best shot. And, you know, Sean, I, I, I'm going to raise, I'm going to raise what you said, because you said this is kind of the, the season on the line right here against Wisconsin. People might disagree with me on this and that that's fine. And I, I, I wrote this earlier in the season, but thanks to your point and kind of the way the West has unfolded. I mean, this is Nate Stanley's legacy on the line. And this Ooh. isn't, I mean, we think about Nate, it. We got Nate Stanley legacy talk. I mean, what was, what was the last one? Was it Michigan or was it Penn State? People, I believe I said, I think I said Michigan because it was a road game, and Nate has yeah. not performed well in road games. Yeah, there, that was a. Was this Nate? Oh no, this isn't. This wasn't a ranked opponent. So no, really and this and that. it's at Wisconsin. So I mean, this is the last big road game in Nate Stanley's career. I'm not, I'm excluding Nebraska from this. I'm talking about like pure ranked team legacy, you know, big, big games. Um, and Nebraska is not in that conversation right now. So not, not that if he wins this game, like the, all the criticisms will still be there, but he can go out on a high note saying I took care of, you know, I took care of business. Right. It's against his home state too. Yep. Yep. And he's had a, and I think last year, the last year, I mean, when you think about, this Iowa team, they brought up last year, Sean, that they were very frustrated with the way the Wisconsin game ended. That was a game that they all felt like they should have won, but they just couldn't make the plays to close the game. And I, I in something very last final thought, and then I'll get your final thoughts. The four-two-five defense looks like it's coming back. Dane Belton has played tremendous, and I kind of already brought up that he's going to be a potential All Big Ten guy in the future, I believe. But he's gonna he's going to be tested. And if they run that against Wisconsin, which I'm sure they will, because remember, Iowa adopted that 4-2-5 after uh, Nick Neiman got beat on that touchdown against Wisconsin last year. And they had that bye week to kind of start prepping it. And that when they moved Imani Hooker to cash. So Dane Belton's going to get a first real, oh my God, Big Ten, big time football. And it'll be interesting. I'm going to have a really, really close eye on him in a couple weeks. Right, and Kirk said after the game, someone asked him if the cash was something they're going to go to against Wisconsin. They said, "Well, they're a totally different animal from Northwestern." So they got two weeks to prepare. I think you bring up a good point, Dave, of how they adopted the the four two five after that loss against Wisconsin after that Nick Neiman play, and we saw that come into effect too when Iowa had KJ or when Penn State was able to put KJ Hamler, who runs a four two eight forty. Or four two two maybe something. So I know it's four two mm-hmm. forty four, two, on yeah, yeah on Nick Neiman, and so I think that's. I mean, Wisconsin has a couple explosive receivers. I know Cephas has been been solid this year, um, but I think the four two five makes sense in this scenario. But you got you got to trust what Phil Parker is going to do. I know he's going to have that. Have that defense ready. I think. I think the story. I mean, we don't want to get too much into it right now, but I think the story is going to be the offense and how they they haven't been great up there at Camp Randall, and they need to put things together. If they because the defense is going to hold it up. I know that for sure. Um, maybe they'll give up a touchdown or two to Jonathan Taylor, um, but I know that offense needs to needs to come. If offense needs to travel, if they want to get a win up there. And it would surprise me if Brian Ferentz didn't have a few tricks up his sleeve heading into Wisconsin. I, you know, Nate, Nate will never admit it, but I think this is a game he's going to really want to get up for. 
I think this is a game he said circle on his calendar since he saw what happened two years ago because he said, this is my home state. We went in there. We stunk up the joint offensively. I think they had 65 yards. Josh Jackson had more interception return yards and more points by himself than Iowa did total yards and points offense. So that'll be something to watch. Uh, that's basically my final thought. Sean, you have anything else you want to add? No, not too much other than bye week. So that'll be yeah. that'll be interesting to see what we do with our lives during that. I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly. Uh, I, have school, I, have, I, have, I have school and stuff, but it's like <laughs> I don't know how like I'm – I mean, obviously I'm going to like put out more stuff too, but there's going to be like a certain void, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, 100%. It's kind of weird because we don't go back to Kinnick until November 16th. No. We so have it's a, nearly a month off. It's it's really weird. Dude, no, it's it's not a month off. No, it's like three weeks. Well, including like, – yeah, but I mean the bye week, it's just oh, weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that makes – I know what you're saying. I yeah. lost my track of weeks. <laughs> Everything kind of runs together. But, uh, yeah, pretty much post-game podcast completed. I mean – Iowa takes care of business, and it, it would have been a huge shock if Northwestern guy thing going against Iowa. We'll be back with our regular podcast this week, kind of recapping, I think, the first eight games of the season, what we want to see out of the last four games, and do maybe do a light preview on Wisconsin. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll get Dylan, Dylan back on the podcast as well. But, yeah, 24-7 sports, HawkeyeInsider.com, David Eichel, Sean Bach. Uh, but it's the bye week, but we've got plenty of content. So uh, stay with us, follow us on Twitter, and we'll get you the latest Iowa news. So for David Eichel, Sean Bach, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.